We now dedicate our production to the Black Lives Matter movement. We ask you to take a moment of silence for all black lives unjustly taken away, silenced, diminished, and excluded. Madam, there's no doubt his majesty will soon recover his accustomed health. If he were dead, what would be tied on me? No other harm but loss of such a lord. The loss of such a lord includes all harms. The heavens have blessed you with a goodly son to be your comforter when he is gone. Ah, he is young, and his minority is put onto the trust of Richard Gloucester, a man that loves not me, nor none of you. Is it concluded he shall be protector? It is determined. Not concluded yet, but so it must be, if the king miscarry. Here comes the Lord of Buckingham from the king. Saw you the king today, Lord Buckingham? What likelihood of his amendment, Lord? Madam, good hope. His grace speaks cheerfully. Would all were well, but that will never be. I fear our happiness is at the height. They do me wrong, and I will not endure it. Who is it that complains unto the king that I, forsooth, am stern and love them not? Brother of Gloucester, you mistake the matter. The king, on his own royal disposition, makes him descend, that he may learn the cause. I cannot tell. The world is grown so bad that wrens make prey where eagles dare not perch. Since every jack became a gentleman, there's many a gentle person made a jack. My lord of Gloucester, I have too long borne your blunt upbraidings and your bitter scoffs. By heaven, I will acquaint his majesty of those taunts that oft I have endured. Small joy have I in being England's queen. A little joy enjoys the queen, therefore. For I am she, and altogether joyless. Hear me, you wrangling pirates that fall out in sharing that which you have pilled from me. Which of you trembles not that looks on me? If not that I am queen, you bow like subjects, yet that by you deposed, you quake like rebels. Ah, gentle villain, do not turn away. Foul, wrinkled witch, what makes thou in my sight? Wert thou not banished on pain of death? I was. But I do find more pain in banishment than death can yield me here by my abode. A husband and a son thou owest to me, and thou a kingdom, all of you allegiance. This sorrow that I have by right is yours, and all the pleasures you usurp are mine. The curses my noble father laid on thee when thou didst crown his warlike brows with paper denounced against thee. 
are all fallen upon thee. And God, not we, hath plagued thy bloody deed. Did York's dread curse prevail so much with heaven, that Henry's death, my lovely Edward's death, their kingdom's loss, my woeful banishment, should all but answer for that peevish brat? Can curses pierce the clouds that enter heaven? Why then, give way, dull clouds, to my quick curses, though not by war by surfeit die your king. Edward, thy son, that now is Prince of Wales, for Edward, our son, that was Prince of Wales, die in his youth by like untimely violence. Thyself a queen, for me that was a queen, outlive thy glory like my wretched self. Long mayest thou live to waylay thy children's death, and after many lengthened hours of grief, die neither mother, wife, nor England's queen. God, I pray him that none of you may live his natural age, but by some unlooked accident cut off. Have done thy charm, you hateful withered hag. And leave out thee. Stay, dog, for you shalt hear me. The worm of conscience still be gnaw thy soul. Thy friends suspect for traitors while thou livest and take deep traitors for thy dearest friends. No sleep close up that deadly eye of thine, unless it be while some tormenting dream affrights thee with a hell of ugly devils. Thou evilish marked, abortive, rooting hog! Thou loathe issue of thy father's loins, thou rag of honor, thou det- Margaret. Richard. Ha. I call thee not. I cry thee mercy then, for I did think that thou hadst called me all these bitter names. Why, so I did, but looked for no reply. Ugh. Let me make the period to my curse. Tis done by me, and ends, and Margaret. Thus you have breathed your curse against yourself. Poor painted queen. Vain flourish of my fortune. Why strewest thou sugar on that bottled spider whose deadly web ensnarest thee about? Fool, fool, thy wettest a knife to kill thyself. The day will come that thou shalt wish for me to help thee curse this poisonous buck-backed toad. Oh! But remember this another day, and say, Poor Margaret was a prophetess. Live, each of you, the subjects to his hate, and he to yours, and all of you to God's. Why looks your grace so heavily today? Oh, I have passed a miserable night, so full of fearful dreams, of ugly sights, that as I am a Christian faithful man, 
I would not spend another such a night, though it were to buy a world of happy days. What was your dream, my lord? I pray you tell me. Methought that Gloucester stumbled and in falling struck the that thought to stay him overboard into the tumbling billows of the main. Oh, Lord, methought what pain it was to drown. Awaked you not in this sore agony? No. No, my dream was lengthened after life. Oh, then began the tempest to my soul. I passed, methought, the melancholy flood onto the kingdom of perpetual night. The first that there did greet my stranger soul was my great father-in-law, renowned Warwick, who spake aloud, What scourge for perjury can this dark monarchy afford false clearance? And so he vanished. Then came wandering by, a shadow like an angel, with bright hair dabbled in blood, and he shrieked out aloud, Clarence is come, false, fleeting, perjured Clarence, that stabbed me in the field by Tewkesbury. Seize on him, furies, take him unto torment. With that, methought a legion of foul fiends inurned on me, and howled in mine ears such hideous cries that with the very noise I trembling waked, and for a season after could not believe that I was in hell. Such terrible impression made my dream. No, Marvel Lord, though it affrighted you, I am afraid, methinks, to hear you tell it. Ah, keeper, keeper, I have done these things that now give evidence against my soul, for Edward's sake, and see how he requits me. Keeper, I prithee sit by me a while. My soul is heavy, and I fain would sleep. I will, my lord. God give your grace good rest. Ho, who's here? What wouldst thou, fellow? And how camest thou hither? I would speak with Clarence. And I came hither on my legs. What so brief? Tis better, sir, than to be tedious. Let him see our commission, and talk no more. I am in this commanded to deliver the noble Duke of Clarence to your hands. I will not reason what is meant hereby, because I will be guiltless from the meaning. I'll to the king, and signify to him that thus I have resigned to you my charge. You may, sir. Tis a point of wisdom. Fare you well. What? Shall we stab him as he sleeps? Soft, he wakes. Where art thou, keeper? Give me a cup of wine. You shall have wine enough, my lord, anon. In God's name, what art thou? A man, as you are. How darkly and how deadly dost thou speak? Who sent you hither? Wherefore do you come? To murder me? Aye, aye. Wherein, my friends, have I offended you? Offended us you have not, but the king. I shall be reconciled to him again. Never, my lord. Therefore, prepare to die. Are you drawn forth among a world of men to slay the innocent? Or who pronounced the bitter sentence of poor Clarence's death before I convict my course of law? To threaten me with death is most unlawful, I charge you, as you hope for any goodness, that you depart and lay no hands on me. The deed you undertake is damnable. What I will do, I do upon the command. And he that hath commanded is our king. Erroneous vassals. The great king of kings hath in the table of his law commanded that thou shalt do no murder. Will you then spurn at his edict and fulfill a man's? Take heed, for he holds vengeance in his hands to hurl upon their heads that break his law. 
How canst thou urge God's dreadful law to us, when thou hast broke it in such degree? Alas, for whose sake did I then ill deed? For Edward, for my brother, for his sake. If you do love my brother, hate not me. If you are hired for me, go back again. And I will send you to my brother Gloucester, who shall reward you better for my life than Edward will for tidings of my death. You are deceived. Your brother Gloucester hates you. It cannot be. For he bewept my fortune, and hugged me in his arms, and swore with sobs that he would labor my delivery. Why, so he doth, when he delivers you from this earth's thraldom to the joys of heaven. Make peace with God, for you must die, my lord. Have you that holy feeling in your souls to counsel me to make my peace with God? And are you yet to your own soul so blind that you will war with God by murdering me? Oh, sirs, consider. They that sent you on to do this deed will hate you for the deed. Look behind you, my lord! Take that! <gasps> and that! If all this will not do, I'll drown you in the Malmsey butt within. Ah, who shall hinder me to wail and weep, to chide my fortune and torment myself? I'll join with deep despair against my soul, and to myself become an enemy. What means the scene of rude impatience? Edward, my lord, thy son, our king, is dead. If you will live, lament. If die, be brief. That our swift-winged souls may catch the kings, or like obedient subjects follow him to his new kingdom of ne'er-changing night. Ah, so much interest have in thy sorrow. As I had title in thy noble husband, I have bewept a worthy husband's death, and lived with looking on his images. But now two mirrors of his princely semblance are cracked in pieces by malignant death. And I, for comfort, have but one false glass that grieves me when I see my shame in him. Thou art a widow. Yet thou art a mother, and hast the comfort of thy children left. Alas, I am the mother of these griefs. Your woes are parceled, mine is general. She for an Edward weeps, and so do I. I for a Clarence weeps, so doth not she. Sister, have comfort. All of us have cause to wail the dimming of our shining star. But none can help our harms by wailing them. Madam, my mother, I do cry you mercy. I did not see your grace. Humbly on my knee I crave your blessing. God bless thee, and put meekness in thy breast. Love, charity, obedience and true duty. Amen, and make me die a good old man. That is the butt-end of a mother's blessing. <laughs> I marvel that her grace did leave it out. You cloudy princes, and heart-sorrowing peers, though we have spent our harvest of this king, we are to reap the harvest of his son. Me seemeth good that with some little train 
forthwith from Ludlow, the young prince be fed hither to London to be crowned our king. And so say I. Then be it so, and go we to determine who they shall be that straight shall post to London. Uh, madam, you and my sister, will, will you go to give your censures in this business? Uh, my lord, whoever journeys to the prince, for God's sake, let not us two stay at home. For by the way, I'll sort occasion to part the queen's proud kindred from the prince. My other self, my counsel's consistory, I, as a child, will go by thy direction. And look when I am king, claim thou of me the earldom of Hereford, and all the movables were of the king my brother was possessed. <laughs> I'll claim that promise at your gracious hand. And look to have it yield with all kindness. <laughs> but after, after, cousin Buckingham, the mayor towards Guildhall hies him in all post, there at your meanest advantage of the time, infer the bastardy of Edward's children. Doubt not, my lord. I'll play the orator, as if the golden fee for which I plead were for myself. And so, my lord, adieu. If you thrive well, meet me at Baynard's castle. I go, and towards three or four o'clock look for the news that the Guildhall affords. Now will I go to take some privy order to draw the brats of Clarence out of sight, and give order that no manner person have any time recourse unto the princes. How now? How now? What say the citizens? The citizens are mum. Say not a word. Touched you the bastardy of Edward's children? I did. With his contract with Lady Bona, the greediness of his desire, his own bastardy, as being got your father then in France, and his resemblance, being not like the Duke. With all, I did infer your lineaments, being the right idea of your father, both in your form and nobleness of mind. Indeed, left nothing fitting for your purpose. And when my oratory drew toward end, I bid them that did love their country's good cry, God save Richard, England's royal king. And did they say so? No. So, God help me, they spake not a word. What tongueless bucks were they, would not they speak? Will not the mayor then and his brethren come? The mayor is here at hand. Intend some fear. And look, you get a prayer book in your hand. And stand between two churchmen. Good, my lord. For on that ground I'll make a holy descant. Oh, and be not easily won to our requests. I go, and if you plead as well for them as I can say nay to thee for myself, no doubt we bring it to a happy issue. Go, go up to the leads. The Lord Mayor knocks. Welcome, my lord. I dance attendance here. I think the Duke will not be spoke with all. Ah, now Catesby. What says your lord to my request? He doth entreat your grace, my noble lord, to visit him tomorrow, or next day. He is within, with two right reverend fathers, divinely bent to meditation. Return, good Catesby, to the gracious duke. Tell him myself, the mayor, and aldermen, in deep designs, in, in matter of great moment, are come to have some conference with his grace. I'll signify so much unto him straight. <laughs> oh, my lord, this prince is not an Edward. 
He is not lulling on a lewd love bed, but on his knees at meditation. Happy were England would this virtuous prince take on his grace the sovereignty thereof. But sure I fear we shall not win him to it. Mary, God defend his grace, should say us nay. When holy and devout religious men are at their beads, tis much to draw them thence. So sweet is zealous contemplation. See where his grace stands, tween two clergymen. Famous Plantagenet, most gracious prince, lend favorable ear to our requests, and pardon us the interruption of thy devotion and right Christian zeal. My lord... There needs no such apology. I, I do beseech your grace to pardon me, who earnest in the service of my God, deferred the visitation of my friends. But leaving this, what is your grace's pleasure? No, then, it is your fault that you resign the lineal glory of your royal house to the corruption of a blemished stock, which to recure we heartily solicit your gracious self to take on you the charge and kingly government of this your land, not as protector, steward, substitute, or lowly factor for another's gain, but as successively from blood to blood your right of birth, your emperor, your own. Your love deserves my thanks, but my desert unmeritable shuns your high request, but God be thanked, there is no need of me. The royal tree hath left us royal fruit which mellowed the stealing hours of time, will well become the seat of majesty, and make no doubt us happy by his reign. My lord, this argues conscience in your grace, but the respects thereof are nice and trivial. You say that the prince is your brother's son. So say we too, but not by Edward's wife. More bitterly could I expostulate, save that for reference to some alive, I give a sparing limit to my tongue. <clears throat> And good, my lord, take to your royal self, if not to bless us and the land withal, yet to draw forth your noble ancestry from the corruption of abusing times unto a lineal true derived course. Do good, my lord. Your citizens entreat you. Refuse not, mighty lord, this proffered love. Oh, make them joyful. Grant them their lawful suit. If you deny them, all the land will rue it. Will you enforce me to a world of cares? Cousin of Buckingham, and sage grave men, since you will buckle fortune on my back, I must have patience to endure the load, for God doth know, and you may partly see, how far I am from the desire of this. <laughs> God bless your grace. We see it, and we'll say it. In saying so, you shall but say the truth. Then I salute you with this royal title. Long live King Richard, England's worthy king! Amen. us here daughter well met god give your graces both a happy and joyful time of day as much to you good sister whither away no further than a tower and as i guess upon like the devotion as yourselves to gratulate the gentle princes there kind sister thanks we'll enter all together and in good time here the lord cates becomes how doth the prince and my young son of york right well my dear madam by your patience, 
I may not suffer you to visit them. The king hath strictly charged the contrary. The king? Who's that? I mean, the Lord Protector. The Lord protect him from that kingly title. I am their mother. Who shall bar me from them? I am their father's mother. I will see them. No, madam, no. I may not leave it so. I am bound by oath. And therefore pardon me. Let me but meet you ladies one hour hence, and I'll salute your grace of York as mother, and reverend looker-on of two fair queens. Come, madam, you must straight to Westminster, there to be crowned Richard's royal queen. Oh, ill-dispersing wind of misery. Oh, my accursed womb, the bed of death. A cockatrice hast thou hatched to the world whose unavoided eye is murtherous. Come, madam, come. I in all haste was sent. And I with all unwillingness will go. Oh, would to God that the inclusive verge of golden metal that must round my brow were red-hot steel to sear me to the brains. Anointed let me be with deadly venom and die ere one man can say, God save the queen. Go. Go, poor soul, I envy not thy glory. To feed my humor, wish thyself no harm. No? Why? When he that is my husband now came to me, as I followed Henry's course, this was my wish. Be thou, quoth I, accursed, and be thy wife, if any be made so mad, more miserable by the life of thee than thou hast made me by my dear lord's death. Lo, Ere I can repeat this curse again with so small a time, my woman's heart grossly grew captive to his honey words and proved the subject of mine own soul's curse. For never yet one hour in his bed did I enjoy the golden dew of sleep, though with his timorous dreams was still awake. Poor heart, adieu. I pity thy complaining. Farewell, thou woeful welcomer of glory. Go thou to Richard, and good angels tend thee. Go thou to sanctuary, and good thoughts possess thee. I to my grave, where peace and rest lie with me. Eighty-odd years of sorrow have I seen, and each hour's joy racked with a week of teen. Stay, yet look back with me unto the tower. Pity. Those ancient stones, those tender babes, whom envy hath immured within your walls, rough cradle for such little pretty ones, rude, ragged nurse, old, sullen playfellow for tender princes. Use my babies well. <laughs> so foolish sorrows bids your stones farewell. <laughs> 